Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Basically Famous. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts, Shelby and Tyler. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. Today, I am joined by the one and only Johanna Burleson, and somebody who has mentored me and changed my life and really made me the woman of God I am today. Can you start off just by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background? Well, I'm first of all, very honored that you would ask me to do this. And I'm very touched by your encouraging words. Um, I adore you. And I loved you from the moment that I met you. You're a force to be reckoned with. And so I'm excited to be here. Um, Like Tyler said, I'm Johanna Burleson. My husband and I are the lead pastors of Timberridge Church in Stephenville, Texas. We planted, I can't believe it, 10 years ago, um, started with just my husband and my little two-year-old son in our living room. um, And now we average a thousand people in our building on a weekly basis. Um, and we also have a college ministry that meets on Wednesday nights. Um, what about me? I have two children, uh, a son named Hayden, who is about to be 13. Like, I can't believe I'm about to have a teenager. I cannot believe he's that old already. He's the size of an adult. Like he looks like a man child. I should believe he's about to be 13, but, um, and then I have a daughter Hadley who's eight. She'll be nine next month. Um, in March. And so she's, she's a force to be reckoned with like parenting a boy and a girl. There's so much that differs in parenting them. Um, But being a wife and mom was my lifelong dream. I'm married to my husband, Nick, and we've been married for almost 17 years. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome and encouraging to our listeners. Most of our listeners are younger college age, young women. So For me personally, that is so awesome. So can you talk a little bit about you and Nick and how you met? Okay, so um, before... I met Nick, like, like I said, all I ever wanted to do was be married and have kids. Like that was my, that was just my dream. That's all I wanted was to be married and to have children. And so I went off to college to become a music teacher. And then I changed my major to uh, business law. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had always been involved in ministry and in the local church. And so right before um, I met him, I lived in New York city and had worked in church planting and um, and then I, I kind of like, wasn't really in relationships or dating anyone at that time. I was just really living life. And I came home and, uh, I met a random stranger. Like I didn't know her, like my mom had met her cause she'd been in my mom's Sunday school class. And my sister knew her because she had been one of her teachers. But once I graduated high school, I kind of didn't go home. And she started teaching at my local high school, uh, right after I graduated. And so I met her and we went to youth camp as youth sponsors. And she, she just started talking to me about like all these, like her life and growing up and she sold Mary Kay and she had just recently gotten married. And I was telling her about like everything that I had done. And she's like, you need to meet my friend, Nick. 
And I kind of looked at her. I was like, I don't really want to meet anyone that, you know, like you're a stranger. Like, I don't want to meet any, I don't want to meet your friend. Like your friend could, who knows, like stranger danger, but she was persistent and she saw him a couple of weeks later and was like, I met your future wife. And he was like, okay, you're crazy. Well, come to find out they had known each other literally their whole lives. Like they grew up together in a small town and had known each other and then graduated high school and both got into youth ministry and did youth ministry kind of together. Like they would take their youth ministries to camp together or uh, to youth evangelism conferences together. And so they still like stayed in contact. And her husband was the son of the pastor at the church that he was serving at. And he connected them and got them to meet. And so they met and got married. And I guess she felt like she had to return the favor by introducing him to this stranger that she met. And so we met on a blind date um, in August, and then he proposed to me in January, and we got married in April. That is so awesome. I know going to Timber Ridge and T-Rock, y'all talked about, you know, how you really had, were intentional with each other, with your time when you hung out. You always said, you know, he was a youth pastor, so kids could come over at any time. You never know. And so y'all had an open door policy. So what are some practical things you would encourage people to do while dating if, you know, they're intentionally dating to marry? I think, you know, I knew I wanted to be married. And so I knew what I wanted in a husband. Like he had, I mean, I'm I, to the point where I made a list. Um, he had to love God. And he had to love God more than he loved me. And um, he wanted to have to serve God with his life. Um, like I knew I was going to marry somebody in vocational ministry. I knew I would do ministry alongside them. So I kind of like knew that because I had been following God and listening to God and investing in my relationship with God. So I wanted someone who was doing the same. And so when we met, it was just kind of natural because we, we both were and had cultivated relationships with God. It wasn't like it was something I kind of did, or I just went to church. Um, it was a part of who I was. My identity was found in Christ and we were living out those identities. So I think that was kind of like, just quickly, we caught on to that and were able to build a relationship together, moving forward um, in a relationship cultivated with God. And then like, just wanting um, to be like, we just wanted to live the way that God wanted us to live. Like we wanted to do things God's way. And so we invited voices into our relationship. Like, I think that's important. Like if you're dating someone or you're thinking about dating, like don't do it like on the solo mission where nobody else is involved in it. Like do it in community where people are allowed to speak into it um, in healthy community. And so he was a youth minister. He had been at this church at a small Baptist country church for, I think, eight or nine years at the time. Um, he had been doing it solo. And I mean, he was a single youth minister. So he lived and breathed everything that those kids did was at every football game, every basketball game, every sporting event, every track meet. I mean, he was there as a community youth pastor and students were at his house a lot of times. And so that was, there was a lot of accountability there. Like we couldn't be messing around because anyone could walk in at any time. Um, and so we just kind of had some like just natural guardrails that were there, which was good for us. We were young. I mean, I was barely 21. Um, he was 27. And so he was a lot more mature. And, uh, you know, I, and I think he wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship. Like I don't, I, 
I truly believe, and he told me this, like he didn't think he was ever going to get married. And then I just kind of magically showed up in his life. And, um, and so we just, we consistently had communication about our relationship. We talked all of the time. Texting was not a thing. Social media was not a thing. Like we couldn't be like, well, what was he doing today? Let me go find out in his stories. Or <laughs> like that didn't exist. Um, we had to call and tell each other, like, how was your day? And what did you do today? And what was frustrating? And all those kinds of things. Cause our relationship was primarily long distance until we got engaged and then we lived in the same town for just a couple of months before we got married. Um, but I think intentionality, communication, and community are the most important things when it comes to dating and wanting your relationship to look like Jesus would want it to look like. I would have never guessed that Nick thought he was going to be single forever. But I have only known y'all as being married as parents and looking from a college student's point of view. Um, when I was around you at that point in my life, I was really encouraged and I attribute a lot of my comfortableness, I guess you would say, in being single to you and the words you poured into me. And so what are some things you did while you were single that, you know, you felt set you up better for marriage or allowed you to enjoy this season? You always say it's a season you're never going to get back. So yeah. you need to go all out for God during it. Yeah, I think um, being your age, being young, the college years, post-college years, you know, from 20 to 30, um, people are getting married later in life. So we're single for a lot longer. But I fully believe that marriage is not the prize. And we seem to put it on this pedestal. Like once we find the one and we start moving down the road towards marriage, then we've like, oh, we can take a deep breath. We've made it. We've arrived. So quit treating marriage like the prize. And then once you're married, quit treating motherhood like the prize. It was my lifelong dream to be a mom and to be a wife. Like that's all I wanted. And they're wonderful things. And God has done incredible things in my life through marriage and motherhood, but it's not winning. And so we need to quit acting like that's we've won. We've got it. We've got the trophy and life's going to be good because singleness is such a beautiful season in your life where you have the opportunity to make any choice that you want. You have the opportunity to do whatever you want. You have the opportunity to invest in a relationship with God in ways that you can't in when you're married, because you have unlimited time in your singleness. And it's, that's really the gift is the time that you have. What are you going to do with it? Um, you know, I'm not saying like, get all your traveling in while you're single. Cause you're never going to travel again. Cause that's not true, but you get to do it differently when you're single, <laughs> you know, um, when you're, when you're single in a season of singleness, I think we can sometimes treat singleness as a sickness, but it's not. And so we have to see it for the gift that it is that the season that you're in is a gift and God wants to do something in the season that you're in. He's not waiting for you to get to some kind of monumental relationship to define who you are. He's already defined who you are. If you're following Jesus, he's already called you his, he's already called you his daughter. He wants to do something in your life right now in this moment today. So partner with him and do it, like get close to him and figure it out. Just, you know, make the, every opportunity the most that it can be, even opportunities of silence, even opportunities of stillness, create habits that will make you a better you, 
create, cultivate rhythms in your daily life, in your seasons of life that become, um, you know, like you're not going to give them up. Like you're going to get up in the morning and have, and be still, you're going to invest in your health. Um, you're going to invest in your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, like figure out what those rhythms look like now. So that when you go into a relationship, you already have these non-negotiables, you know, like they're, they're the rocks that you build everything else on. Cause that stuff never changes. It doesn't matter who you're in a relationship with. It doesn't matter how long you've been married, your mental, spiritual, and physical health all impact your relational health. And so if you want healthy relationships, then figure out how to be healthy now so that every relationship in your life is benefited by it. That's so good. I think I learned a lot about non-negotiables during my undergrad years. I never had any before then. And now, you know, I have these non-negotiables I practice every day and I'm better for it. Like you said, my physical health, my mental health is better. So I'm better able to show up just as a friend. Not yep. even in a dating relationship, but just as a friend. So talk about now as a wife and a mom, what are some things you do for yourself so that you can show up a better wife and a better mom? Um, so like I've said, we've been married for 17 years, which seems like insane to me. Um, I'm not that old. I shouldn't be old enough to be married 17 years or to have a 13 year old child. Um, but I got married young. I was 21. And had Hayden when I was 24. I think I was about to be 25. And like I said, that's what I wanted was to be in a wife and be a mom. And in the early years, I worked part time. And then I was very involved in my husband's ministry. Um, we were, you, you know, we did youth ministry together. Then we had Hayden and then Hayden did ministry with us. And then we planted the church and we did all that together. And um, I can remember like being a young mom and being having little bitty babies at home. And just, that's like an added layer of stress that you just don't even like, you know, I wanted to be a mom, but then it was like hard and maybe not harder than I thought it would be, but harder in ways I didn't understand because you just, you don't understand until you've lived it. You don't understand. Um, but there God provides in every season. And so I can remember, um, when my daughter Hadley was little, I'm trying to think of how old she was. And I, I wrote a post about put your oxygen mask on first. Like I'd been on an airplane and they said, if you have children with you, put your oxygen mask on first. And that was like an eye opener for me that as a wife and a mom, you know, I need to be consistent about giving myself oxygen, which is connected to God, my father, in order to be able to show up for my children and for my husband. And we're really good at like just giving every part of ourselves and just going through the motions and, and pouring out that we, we forget to sit still and, and just let God pour in us. Um, you know, I think that nothing replaces your time with God, like nothing does, nothing can make you better. Nothing can fill you more, even if it's just a little bit of time. And, um, for like young moms, like even if you are sitting in your bathroom on the floor and you can see little fingers underneath the door, but you're sitting there with your Bible for two minutes, or you're sitting there crying out to God for a few minutes, like nothing can replace that connection with him. Um, that if we're truly a branch on the vine, like we are connected to Jesus, then he is going to empower us and, and 
give us what we need to get through every moment. Like we can endure everything with him, even hardness in marriage and hardness in motherhood. And so I think that that's like one of the most impactful things that you can do is just be close to Jesus. And your time with Jesus looks different in every season of your life. And so we don't need to go to social media and go to podcasts and go to Facebook and, and be, have our quiet time defined by the pictures and the images that we see there. Um, You know, like quiet time, I think we think we've got to sit in a comfy chair with a cup of coffee and our journal in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, no, your time with God is however you can connect with him and be consistently connected to him. Cause it's not just a five minute, 35 minute hour and a half time in the morning that you get. It has to be something that you're consistently connected to him and allowing him to, to carry you through each moment of your day. But we, in our culture have so defined it to like, this is what it has to look like with my Bible study and my highlighters and my Bible, that if it doesn't look like that, then we think we're not measuring up. And we've compared ourselves to a standard that God never set for us. And we begin to feel like failures when he never intended us to fail. He intended us to flourish. And he just says, be connected to me, allow me to guide you. Um, so I think like in motherhood, in marriage, the connectedness to Jesus is the thing that's going to allow you to move through every season. That I'm so encouraged. I'm taking notes. I, that was so good. I'm going to have to listen to this like 17 times, but talking about marriage, you know, how do you and Nick prioritize your marriage when you both are leading church. Nick is very involved at Tarleton through the athletics program. You, you know, do ladies nights and y'all both do the college ministry. And so you also have kids and your kids are beginning to get interested in sports and become more involved. And so how have y'all prioritized your marriage? Yeah, that's really good because I think we we had hard and fast rules, like from the beginning, um, there, uh, Rick Warren is a pastor of a church in California called Saddleback. And it had a huge movement through the nineties and two thousands and grew really big. And he said this about your relationship with God, that you should, uh, divert daily, withdraw weekly and retreat annually. So to have a good relationship with God, you should divert daily withdraw weekly and retreat annually. Well, I kind of adopted that for our marriage that we should divert daily. We should have daily connecting points, whether it's in the morning or before we go to bed. Um, Cause let me tell you as busy as we are and in seasons where I don't like him very much, it's really easy to refuse to connect. Like I can see you, I can give you a hug. I can say hello, but without connecting and just saying like, what are the ups and downs? How can I help you today? What's on your agenda? Without those little connecting points daily, your relationship won't flourish. Um, withdrawal weekly. So that can look like date night, um, but it can also look like a weekly meeting where you sit down with your calendar and say like, I've got this, 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 and this, and the kids have this, 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 and this. So what are we going to do to make sure, you know, it, it, the ball keeps rolling and we keep moving forward? Or we say like this week is next week is going to be super busy and you have something every single night this week. One of us is out of the house. So what are we going to do this week to invest with our kids? Um, 
we were literally just looking at this semester's calendar. Uh, we've planned out all the sermons for the semester. We've planned out all the sermons for T-Rock. Um, he's doing church planning retreats to pour into pastors because pastors are burnt out now more than ever. Um, we've got invited to go on trips internationally, invited to go on trips locally, um, you know, within the states. And so we've, we've put it all on the calendar and we've realized there's some back-to-back -back really busy weeks. So I like highlighted in my calendar, like, be super dad, be super mom. How are we going to be like pour in before we have to pour out, especially to our children? And that looks like, you know, little daily things where you connect in your marriage, but also little daily things where you're connecting with your kids, like that divert daily, withdraw weekly and retreat annually matters for your family just as much as it matters for your marriage. But if you started it in your marriage, it'll be a natural overflow to when you have children. Um, when they entered the picture, they didn't all of a sudden usurp my relationship with my husband. They became an addition to my relationship with my husband. And it's easy for a little child to enter into the picture and they consume your world because they're so needy. And without those priorities of date nights and then going on trips together on a regular basis where you're not mom and dad, you're just husband and wife are so vital to the health of your relationship. That is so good. And y'all are both very intentional with spending time with your children, both of them and separately. I know Nick and Hadley just went to a dinner and a show. And I think that's awesome because y'all are teaching your kids, you know, one, what a healthy relationship looks like, one, you know, good parenting practices, but also how they deserve to be treated later yeah. on down the line. And so that is super inspiring. Lastly, my standing question on the podcast is if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? That's so funny because you, I can't remember when you sent me these questions, but if you had asked me like a week ago, it probably would have been something else, maybe something similar, but not this, but this past weekend, um, I preached a message on shame. And one of the things that I said was forget progress over perfection. Give me proximity. I think in our culture, we're, you know, at this point, we're not looking for perfection. Like we're trying to tell ourselves, like we don't have to be enough. So just grow, like just go and, and just make progress towards the things that you want to become, but forget progress over perfection. Give me proximity to Jesus. Like you'll accomplish the things that he wants. If you're close to him, you'll get done the things that he wants. If you get close to him, your relationships will be better. If you just get close to him, like, I don't care if you're progressing. I don't care if you can you know, get things done and you're growing and going and moving, get close to Jesus because he's going to be the one who ordains your steps. He's going to be the one that, that sets up everything that you need. He's going to tell you, oh, run towards this and pull back from this. He's going to say, no, in this season, you need to be still and you need to wait. And you could be waiting for a really long time, but just wait with me. It all matters your proximity to Jesus. So I think that would be my billboard. Forget progress over perfection. Give me proximity to Jesus. That is so good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've been super encouraged in the few minutes we've been sitting here. I know my listeners are going to be, and I am just so thankful for our friendship and for everything you and Nick are doing, one, in the community of Stephenville, but also across the world. You do have missions elsewhere, and you, like you said, continue to pour into church planners everywhere. And so thank y'all for what you're doing and the love you're sharing and showing people every day. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate it.